listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, back with Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly. So, um, I think we're just going to jump right into it. I don't think we have anything Do it. special to talk about, so let's fucking go for it. Um, to, um, well, this is kind of an interesting week. It's been a lot of discussion in the Habs world um, with the announcement that Andre Markov is retiring from pro hockey. Um, a lot of conversation going on about should this guy get his jersey retired? How awesome was he? Like, where should he go down in Habs lore, in Habs legend? And um, I think me and you kind of share a similar opinion on this. So um, I'm of the belief that we should 100% fucking retire this guy's number. And I have a bunch of stuff to back me up, but if you want to take the reins for a bit, because I know you have an opinion. Well, I mean, so, I mean, first off, you know, like, I think he should, but with us already having, you know, what, we got like 14 numbers retired right now, we're getting, we're getting low. Not low enough to where, like, we can't retire him, but it's going to start getting to a point to where we're going to have to start having, like, amazing seasons. And that's what's going to save Andre Markov from not being one of those who don't, unfortunately, not get their numbers retired. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's tied with um, – come on, Corey. Um, he's tied with Guy Lapointe uh, in second for most points by a Canadian defenseman. So, I mean, that's just one stat, right? Guy Lapointe's got his number retired. Well, he shares it with Bernie uh, Jeffrey on, but – Markov had an amazing career, cut short. I mean, easily. Like, this man would have played over 1,000 games for us. Um, 119 goals, 453 assists, 572 points. I mean, he bled for this fucking team. Some of the best hockey that I grew up watching, you know, as, as from my teen years up, you know, was watching Andre Markov and the, and the Habs. So... I definitely think he gets in, but you know, where I wouldn't say where are we going to start making the cutoff of players that haven't won a cup for this team start making it as far as getting their numbers retired. Um, I don't think we're we're really ready for that yet, but I think someone like Andre Markov gets retired, and we just talked about this. He's like one of. 17 players to ever wore the number the number 79 since the 50-51 season. I mean, when you think of the number 79, Andre Markov is the most memorable from the years. I mean, I think he started in 2000, 2001. maybe 2001, yep. to 2017. The longest tenured 79 and easily the best. Uh, of the list. I mean, you got Carter Hart right now, currently, um, is is and make Michael Furlan are the two that I think that are currently wearing that number that like those, you know, their significant fans would know. You know, um, but everybody else, seventy nine, that's that's Andre Markov. Yeah, and Carter Hart is probably going to go on and make the number seventy nine synonymous with himself. If we see the way he's playing, he looks to be a franchise caliber goalie. But right now, the 79 almost exclusively belongs to Andre Markov. And I think 
you know, he was a player that was criminally underrated his entire career in the NHL. I know that um, growing up, like you said, I was always watching Markov. Markov was my favorite player. Um, not, I know, I didn't go for the flashy. Like I grew up watching Kovalev, guys like Mike Camilleri, those three seasons, like guys like that who were very flashy, high-profile scorers. And they never caught my eye the way Markov did simply because Markov was arguably, actually not arguably, I think it's safe to say, the smartest player on the ice at all times. His IQ was insane. And, you know, you see that with 453 assists. 119 goals, 572 points in 990 games played. And he did this while missing three of his prime years due to two what could have been career-ending injuries for his niece. He went through two massive surgeries, came back, battled for this team, almost got 1,000 games exclusively with Montreal. I don't know how you don't retire his number. He's a Habs legend. Absolutely. Um, this is a cool stat that I just saw, right? So before him wearing the number 79 in 01, there's only been one player since the 50-50-51 season to ever wear that number before him, and that was in 98. It was Vladimir Vujtek. Well, I'll just say that, right? I've never really heard of this guy. But 98 was the first time since the 50s that 79 was on a jersey. You go, you know, what, two years later, Andre Markov has been the domin- the dynamite holder of 79 all the way to 2017. Yeah, for sure. And he put up, he put up points right away. His rookie season, he got 23 points in 63 games. Continued that the next year with 24 and 56. And then just continued to grow. Got 37 the next year. And then he was on track. He was progressively getting more points every year. A new career high. Bar one season that he got 28. Until um, 2008, 2009, where he got 64 points in 78 games. And I believe he had made the All-Star game in 2007, 8, and 2008, 9. I think those are the two years he made the All-Star team. Yeah. And then that's when we started to see the injuries. And Markov got – how old was he? I think he was approaching 30, like 28, 29. And he missed those prime years for a defenseman. That's when a defenseman really blossoms into – I think that's the height of their career. I do think it's a little later than forwards. And he missed those years. And he still put up insane production. When at the point of his retirement, he was second – in points by an NHL defenseman only to Zdeno Chara. And I think Zdeno Chara had about 10 points on him and 200 plus games played on him. So Markov was, you can make the argument, one of the greatest defensemen of his era, just in terms of offense. No, I I 100% agree with you. And I think he was the most pivotal person that we lost that put us down this this alley that we've been, you know, playing in. You get rid of Subban. Yes, that that affects the the face of the franchise. That affects the the emotions. You know, a high caliber player, right? Mm-hmm. 
when you lose Andre Markov, though, now granted, you know, his last two seasons, his goals were down, but his points weren't. He basically stayed around that same, you know, 30 to 40 range, you know, for a good bit of his career. When we lose Andre Markov, that's when, in my opinion, we lost that very, very capable team that we had, like playoff bound, you know. Yeah, and he – excuse me. He wasn't a um, typical punk-moving defenseman in the sense that we see guys like Eric Carlson who carry the puck in with tremendous speed and skating ability. Markov could skate, but he was by no means an elite skater. He did it with his passing, and I don't think I – was, I was about to say it. Yeah. Dude. I don't think I've ever seen a better passer of the puck from the blue line than Andre Markov. And guys rave about it. I, I remember an um, interview with the Apron Basso of the uh, Athletic with Max Pacioretty, where Pacioretty said that Markov would literally – so good at passing and could do it – just look at a situation, analyze it so quickly that depending on what way you shot left or right, he would change the spin of the pass to whatever handiness you were so that you could shoot it in easier. Imagine being able, like the amount of IQ it would take to analyze that, think, oh, he's a right shot. I need to spin the puck this way all while playing hockey. Like hockey's the fastest game on two feet. And somehow Markov was able to do that his whole career. Um. It reminds me of like what he meant to the passing game for the for the the Montreal Canadiens was like an Adam Oates. You know, it didn't matter where you are, it was gonna get on your tape. Like I, I just don't know. Like I don't know if we're gonna see another defenseman come in with with that type of skill. We got a lot of great skill. I mean, la- literally, last episode was all about the, the great defenseman we got coming up early. But this man, he didn't shine, you know, fastly skating. You know, like, he was he was an adequate defenseman, but it really came down to how beautifully accurate his passes were. Mm-hmm. Without him, our offense, we see what our offense is capable of right now. He was the start of every – just about every offensive play. Yeah. It started with his stick. Terrian called him the general for a reason. It's because he was the quarterback. And it was just that – like, he was a wizard when it came to just threading the needle with passes. Like, if you look back and roll the tape, a lot of – when Galchenyuk was putting in goals and stuff, a lot of them came off Markov. And when – Pacioretty was putting in goals like no tomorrow. I bet if you play the tape, how many times was the zone entered off a Markov pass? Or how many of those one-timers came off a Markov pass? Right. I I bet you it's quite a few of them. And not only that, but sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I was, I was just literally just gonna, you know, agree with you. That's all I was going for. It's just, you know, we don't have the, the footage in front of us. No. But that but, team excelled off of the, the first pass. Yeah, exactly. And 
Eric Engels from Sportsnet made the point of, think about how many defensemen Markov got overpaid. He was calling him the Markov the moneymaker. And I'm looking at the stats. When Markov played with Sheldon Surrey, Sheldon Surrey scored 26 goals, 64 points with the Canadians, got a five-year, $27 million contract with the Edmonton Oilers. We saw, you know, I don't think Surrey was ever a bad player after that, but obviously he wasn't the same after leaving Markov. Right. Then Mark Streit came in 2008, got 13 goals, 62 points, got a five-year, $20.5 million contract with the New York Islanders. Just another player Markov made so much better or looked so much better than he was. Mike Komisarek is a big example of that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people remember him. The Leafs signed him to a five-year, $21.5 million contract. Love that. That Markov fucked over the Leafs in a way, so that makes me happy. And even P.K. Subban. You know, P.K. Subban has not been the same player since he left Markov's side. And Subban will tell you that. Subban is Markov's, one of Markov's most ardent admirers. He talks about how he modeled his game after Markov. Markov was his idol as a kid because he grew up as a Montreal Canadiens fan. And I just think that when looking at Markov, not only was he a great player just due to his skill passing, but he was a great player because he was able to change his game to make everyone else around him better. And he did it consistently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And I mean, look, you know, Subban comes in in 2010, right? That puts Markov, what he's like, he's 31 years old, right? It's to see, you know, it, it's the start of his three seasons where he was injured. But even being injured, he's still there, right? And you know who absorbed all of that information? Is PK Subban, you know his basically his biggest fan. I mean, look, PK struggled the first three years that he was there. His second season there, twenty-one years old, you know he's got 14, 24, 38, right? Pretty decent. But look, look as soon as Markov comes back, thirteen down, his first three years finally getting to play alongside of him won the Norris. Norris. I mean, he was runner-up for the Norris three times in a row. Well, not runner-up. I'm sorry. He was he was in the picture for it, but makes the also a team, you know, two years out of it and the Norris. You know, I mean, shit. They even – I mean, fuck, he was in the top 20 for the heart. You know what I mean? That's, that's a lot of people in between that, but. Defensemen don't win the heart very often, though. No, they don't. Um but it just shows. Look, look at how look at how much you you see Subban. You know that first that first season where where uh, Markov is hurt. He only plays two games, right? His his rookie season, he has a great season. You know, uh, he was in the top ten for the Calder. His his sophomore season slump. As far as goals, did really good. You know, just all around offensively. Just his goals lackluster. Literally 2013 down, his goals are, are up. And all I got to say is that the puck's not coming from, you know, from one of the forwards back to the, you know, back to the fucking defenseman. It's just a solid, you know, just right crossover fucking pass. And we know who it's from. 
Yeah, and it's not to take away from P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban became a great player because he was a great player too. But you can look at his stats and see once he left Markov, so there was that three-year period where he was just dynamite, 53, 60, and 51 points. The year he left Montreal, he got 40 with Nashville. And think about who he was playing with in Nashville. Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, guys like that. Mm -hmm. Nashville at the time, and you could still make the argument for that they still do, but Nashville at the time had, without a doubt, the best defensive core offensively and defensively in the NHL. And when P.K. Subban went there, he scored 11 less points than when he was with Markov. He bounced back the next year and had 59 and 82. But still, come on. Like, he could not replicate the production he had with Markov and has not been able to since that one outlier season. Especially this past year. We've seen him with New Jersey and kind of feel bad for (laughs) hating on him there because everyone plays like shit in New Jersey unless they're Taylor Hall. But... Yeah, I mean, I, look, yeah. I don't want to get on him too much, but I feel for him being in Jersey. But if you look at him, he's 30 years old, right? I'm not saying he's Andre Markov, but he's going to be an Andre Markov to a young defenseman on that team. Oh, for sure. You know? I mean, it's the same age, you know. He met Markov at 30. He's going to meet someone on on New Jersey that he's going to influence and he's going to pass on what he learned from Markov to them. Yeah. And obviously he is a UFA, I think at the end of next season. So it'll decide what, where, if New Jersey resigns him, if he chooses to leave, but I definitely do think PK Subban would be the kind of player who would embrace that kind of mentorship role, but just kind of going back to Markov and cause I know a lot of fans, you know, Obviously, we haven't really touched on it. The big thing is Markov never won, okay? Markov never won the Cup. And if you expect to get your jersey retired as a Montreal Canadian, you need a Cup. I think that's pretty well established. I don't think there's a single player that they have – actually, I know there's not a single player that has ever had their jersey retired without a Cup or multiple Cups. Well, they're about to fucking start doing that because yeah, if we don't get Carey Price a Cup – He's going to get it. He's going to go in. And Carey Price has been there since 08. Yep. You know, and someone who's been helping Carey Price be as successful as he is, Andre Markov. 100%. And I made the argument on Twitter, too, that Montreal, you know, we are historically the most prestigious franchise in the NHL, and that's bar none. But over the last 25 years – the last quarter century, Montreal has not been the powerhouse, the model of consistency, the upper at the upper echelon of NHL franchises. We just haven't been. And there's a whole generation of Habs fans that have not seen a Stanley Cup lifted, that have not seen the parade go down Montreal, that have not – I don't know who – I never got to watch Ken Dryden, Serge Savard, Jean Beliveau, Henri Richard, Doug Harvey. I didn't get to see any of those guys. I grew up watching Andre Markov. And I just think that Montreal has to respect the fact that 
maybe not respect, but maybe do something for fans like me and you who just have, we've never seen a cup lifted in Montreal. We don't. I was one years old. Yeah. I, I don't, I wasn't even a fan yet. Yeah. But you do remember Markov. Mm-hmm. And I think 990 games played, 572 points, 453 assists. If you compare that to Serge Savard's numbers for his career, Savard got 439 points, 333 assists. And I'm not saying that Serge Savard was a lesser player, I think, because I don't know. I can't comment on that. But if you look at purely statistically, if, aside from Cups, Markov put up better numbers than Serge Savard, who is regarded as one of the greatest defensemen to ever put on the Blue Blanquet Rouge. His numbers retired. Obviously, he has the Cups. He went through those big dynasties in the 70s and the early 80s with the Montreal Canadiens. Like, he deserves his number retired. I'm just saying, comparably, their stats are very comparable. Montreal, Markov's are a bit better. I think Markov deserves it. All right, well, look, you can easily put it this way, right? Savard's got seven. Savard's got seven cups. He's won the Smythe and the Masterton, right? Yep. And then you got Markov, you know, just no cups. That's not his fault. He hasn't won any any award. Savard had the most well-developed team around him. You look at his numbers. His numbers are close to, to Markov's. But it almost shows that maybe Sergei Savard wasn't as integral to the team's offense as Markov was. Now, granted, people can hate me. I don't give a fuck. Andre Markov plays in played in this era of hockey, which was maybe not more physically intense, but a lot more like when it comes to skill, Andre Markov has got Savard beat. It's it's just a, the generation, the generational gap. You gotta look at at how well the goalies have become compared to the old generation. And like I said, I don't care what people think. I'm just this is an outside approach. I'm from New Orleans. You're not even gonna really respect me. Andre Markov played in a higher caliber league skill wise than Sergey Savard did, where they played in more of the Iron Man League. And he had literally around him the best cultivated team in you know hockey history. Yep. And Andre Markov was able to surpass his numbers in a league that is far more challenging than Sergei Savard. He did it with the career injuries too. Career injuries. And I mean, let's face it. They really didn't have a shot until 14 and forward. Yeah. And then obviously we bitch about it enough on this podcast, the Chris Kreider incident. And then the last yeah. thing I think that sells it for Markov, because like I said, this team has not been, I love, I believe Blue Blanc Rouge. I love this team, love this organization. We are the greatest team in hockey, but we haven't played like it in the last half quarter century. But Markov, when presented the opportunity to continue his NHL career elsewhere, when Bergevin, you know, that was a whole mess with contract negotiations both sides were at fault 
Markov could have signed and played other places. We know that. But he said that he would never play for another NHL team. And his NHL career ended in 2017 because he mm-hmm. refused to put on another NHL jersey. How, how can we not reward that? That is loyalty that we do not see. Montreal does not see that kind of loyalty anymore. No organization sees that kind of loyalty anymore. That a guy is willing to give up his NHL career for the crest on his chest. Markov did that. Like, do you, I'm sure you hear about that in the 70s when Savard played, in the 60s and the 50s. Past the 70s, like going into the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, does any player do that? Because I can't think of one. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. I understand we've gone on about it a lot, but I just think that Markov bled for this team. He symbolized loyalty, respect for the Blue Blanca Rouge, respect for the Habs logo. He was Montreal Canadiens, and I think he deserves the respect and the dignity of having 79 never worn again by another player for the Montreal Canadiens. Dude. Just, well, I'm just read them off, right? So you got Howie Morenz. He was the first one ever to get his, his number retired. Posthumously, not, I think, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number seven's retired. You got Maurice Richard, Jean Beliveau, Henry Richard, Elmer Locke, Guy Lafleur, Doug Harvey, uh, Jacques Plante, Dickie Moore, Ivan Cornever. Bernie Jeffrey on Gila point, Sergei Savard, Ken Dryden, Larry Robinson, Bob Gainey, Patrick Waugh, and fucking Emile Bouchard. You know who comes after that? It's fucking Andre Markov. And if, if it's really got to come down to looking past not having a cup, they could legit ask Larry Robinson. who's one of the most well intelligence-based defenseman, they could probably ask that man, and I'm sure he'd say he deserves his number retired. Yeah. You know, that was one of our smartest defensemen to ever play for the Montreal Canadiens. And the man's still coaching. I mean, fuck, he won a cup last season with St. Louis. You don't think that, you know, this team still holds integrity for him. His number's retired for the Canadiens. And of all the players since then, when it comes to defense, which is what he's going to be looking at, you don't think Andre Markov is going to be the number one pick of the defenseman since, you know, since the last time we've retired a number? Oh, for sure. And I think there's a bunch of, obviously, there's a bunch of names out there right now on players who should be retired. I know we've heard a lot about Guy Carboneau's number being retired. Saku Koivu is a huge one that a lot of people want retired. And I think you could easily make the case for both of those players, Saku in particular. Mm -hmm. But I just don't... I don't know if they deserve it as much as Markov. And I think that's a little bit controversial. I know a bunch of people disagree with me on that, but 
I don't know. Markov just symbolized Montreal like no one other. And I just think I don't want to take, I can't take anything away from Saku Koivu's career coming back from cancer to lead the team, the tied for the longest captain in Montreal franchise history, all the, everything's there. You know, this organization just holds itself to such a high standard that I'm fearful that no, all three of the players I mentioned will never get their jerseys retired. And I think that would just be an absolute crime. I mean, it's like, of the three you mentioned, one defenseman, right? Andre Markov. A center, a center's role, you know, unless he's more of a power forward, you know, but I, I don't really see a center being that as much. There's, their role is to be offensive you know their their role is to help with the offensive push Andre Markov being a defenseman in a time where you start to see the change of defensemen becoming a lot more offensive you know you see it in the 90s but in this caliber of hockey it really makes a difference yeah he stands out and of those three yeah I mean I feel like it would be a lot harder to get those two in than Andre Markov for the simple fact that you got to look at a lot of centermen, you know, you got a lot of, I mean, just in general, you got to look at a lot of forwards and then Andre Markov is going to be at the front runner of most defensemen that you have to, that you have to pile through before you like, I don't, I don't know if, if he should be the next, you know? Yeah. I think he stands pretty high up, pretty much alone as far as the defensemen of Montreal's past that are due for a retirement. Oh, for sure. Also, just the argument against Saku for me, and I think is simply because he didn't play his whole career in Montreal. And I know that's kind of a – it's a thin argument. It's not a great one. I think that's part of the reason why me and you both think – Markov didn't play his whole career in Montreal. I think I'd tell my, I'd be saying a different story, but because of the loyalty, the dedication, the only playing with one one club, that's my big driving point on Markov getting his jersey retired. But since I think we've we've kind of hit home on this topic a lot, to kind of mix it up, but still talking about jersey retirements, I have kind of a question for you, and we haven't talked about this, so if you need a second to kind of think about it, that's fine. Obviously, the NHL has had quite a few just insane players over the years. We've had our Mike Bossies, our Wayne Gretzky's, and in particular, our Mario Lemieux. And Gretzky has the number 99 retired. Universally, no one can wear it. Do you think number 66 should be retired? (laughs) Because it already kind of is. I'm sure you remember the the stink with Josh Hosang when he wore it in New York. Like, everyone was losing their mind. It's kind of an unwritten rule that you don't wear it. But I want to know if you think it should be universally retired. (sighs) I I think so. I think so. This dude's got a legacy. I mean, you know, if if we're going to talk about Sakakovo, right? Not only did this dude fucking beat cancer, you know, he took a team that 
without him would have folded, would have moved on. You know, like the Pittsburgh Penguins owe their entire organizational triumphs and legacy to Mario Lemieux. Yeah. Are you going to wait for him to get super old or die before it's league known that you can't wear this number? See, I I kind of disagree with you, though. Go for call, it. Call, mean, me, I, call me crazy. I'm the same guy who thinks that if Mario Lemieux is healthy, he blows Gretzky out the water, though. No, I totally agree with that. I think if Mario Lemieux stays healthy his whole career, if – okay, cancer – he man got beat up over his career. If he doesn't get cancer, I still think he has a shot. But if Mario Lemieux didn't play in an era – when if any player could just hack him, drag him down, trip him, slew foot him, if he had played with a Semenko who could have protected him like Gretzky had, mm-hmm. Lemieux smashes Gretzky's record, I agree. But because he didn't, I think that you almost have to give Gretzky the respect that he is the great one. I think, I don't know if you can elevate Lemieux to Gretzky's level and all and give him that honor that only Gretzky has. I don't know if he deserves that. Okay, so what if you swap them, right? What if what if Gretzky, you know, started with, you know, his legacies in Pittsburgh and you got Mario Lemieux coming up out of the WHA? Yeah. You know, I think that Mario I don't know. I, I feel like like Gretzky's whole thing is, is his 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 assist, is what put him on top of everybody. It didn't matter if he scored the fucking goal, he had everyone in his pocket, and I don't mean like he was robbing people. I mean that people knew when this guy was coming down. It didn't matter if it was going to the left, to the right, or if he was shooting the puck, it was going past the fucking goal. Well, yeah, he if Gretzky didn't score a, a one goal in his career. Gretzky still would lead the NHL in points all time, just with Absolutely. assists. I'm ju- I just think that I think it's I think it's fucked up. You you have Mario Lemieux playing for a different team, it's a different situation. You know I think that because he's you know he's with Pittsburgh, people don't give him the recognition that he deserves. You have him playing for. I wouldn't even say the Oilers. You have him playing for original six team. You know, people would treat him like, like how Royal Bobby Orr is. And I, I think they do, you know, but I think there's certain players that have changed the game that have impacted the game so much that their, their numbers de- deserve to be retired alongside Gretzky in that sense. And I think Mario Lemieux for the future of the game that we have today is a lot more integral than Gretzky. Gretzky brought hockey to the West. Gretzky got his number retired for that. Mario Lemieux stayed in the East, got banged up, beat cancer, bought a team, kept the team to survive out there. You know, they had a shit season and drafted arguably one of the best players of our fucking generation. Oh, the best player. I just think straight up that Mario Lemieux deserves to have his number retired because us going forward as a as a league 
Marlo, Mario Lemieux helped shape it just as much as Gretzky did. Okay. I, I, that's that's my opinion. I'm from New Orleans. <laughs> People ain't going to give a fuck about my opinion. But me, truthfully, I feel like his impact into the game is just as impactful as Wayne Gretzky's. The only thing I would hate you with, because you make a really good argument, is that of the four major sports in North America, baseball, hockey, basketball, Wait, what did I – sorry, and football, sorry. Um, there you go. You've, you've got your greatest of all time players, generally accepted. Michael Jordan is – look, you can make a case for LeBron. Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player to ever – just generally accepted, generally accepted to play the game. Football, people say Tom Brady. Baseball, there's a few. A lot of people go Babe Ruth, you know, guys like that. Mm-hmm. But – if you look at all of those players, even Michael Jordan, not a single one of them dominated and just took control of their sport the way Gretzky did. Michael Jordan is fifth all time in NBA scoring. There are four players ahead of him. Right. But not no one questions that Jordan well people some people most people accept that Jordan's the greatest player ever. But he doesn't own the stats. Tom Brady is playing right now with a quarterback who has better stats than him in almost every category, and that's Drew Brees. Except Super Bowls, Drew Brees throws more than him. I think he has more touchdown passes than him. And it's not, it's yeah, not Drew too Brees close. Drew Brees has a lot, of, a lot of them locked in. Yeah. Babe Ruth and other MLB, MLB stats, not one player dominates them. But if you look... Gretzky holds 113 records in the NHL. That's true. Michael Jordan's 23. It's not retired. LeBron wears it. You know, the NBA did not retire Michael Jordan's number, even though universally accepted as the greatest ever. I think Gretzky, you can make the argument, is the greatest athlete to ever play in one of the four major sports. So I just think that that honor just is his and his alone because of how amazing he was. I agree with you. I'm I'm not saying I don't. I think that Lemieux, not just talent alone, you know, and I'm not trying to be Herb, you know, Herb Brooks, you know, I think that surpassing talent, this man deserves to have his number retired from the whole league, you know, I just think that his what he built for this game is what gives him that honor, not just his ability to compete against, you know, Wayne Gretzky. I think that 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 question of never knowing who would be better is a is an all time thing that will forever be talked about. But I think that not only alongside with his abilities to play the game, everything he's overcome but what he was able to accomplish in his time and career. And I mean, even going forward, building up his franchise, which in, you know, in the end has helped build the league in itself. I think that in a universal player standing, that's why his number gets retired, not based off of just his stats. That's fair. That's fair. And I think this argument can go 
back and forth, you know, all night if we no, let no. it. Oh, dude, this is, this is an argument that's going to go on like, like fucking Star Wars and is hot. Did Han shoot first? We know he did, <laughs> but they've changed it so fucking much that, you know, there's going to be the argument. There's some asshole that's going to fucking make the argument down in New Orleans. You know, that's just how it is. You know, I'm just saying based off of what he was capable of doing, it's not based off of just his overall flashy skills like Gretzky's was. It was Mario's ability to not only coach, own, play, you know, it was his ability to help evolve the game as just one single being is what honors him to have that number retired. Yeah, for sure. No, I totally see where you're coming from. And I think you make a very good, I think both arguments are pretty sound. I think I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I would not be upset if they did retire Mario Lemieux's number. Like I said, it's already pretty much players know you don't, you don't wear his number. So I think either or I would be okay with, but, um, you know, I think that's going to wrap things up for today. Obviously appreciate you guys listening to kind of just us rambling and arguing, um, hoping that you're staying safe out in your quarantine, you know, stay self-isolated, stay six feet away from people and just a brief follow-up. I know it's at the end. We usually do this kind of things at the start. Um, there was a shooting out in Nova Scotia. Ten people died, we're hearing now. Um, I just want to say that my heart goes out to the families of not only the RCMP officer who died, but also the nine other victims. And just our thoughts and prayers are with you. Um, Bio, I don't know if you heard about this, obviously. Nova Scotia is no. not really on a New Orleans radar, but just no, I saw this but now. I'm, and I just I'm, a, to, yeah. I'm a North American man. You know, our, our heritage is Canadian, um, and it, it hits home in a sense of, of living in, in a very, you know, um, high violence, you know, area of the world. It, it always sucks to hear something like that, you know. Um, everyone who dies, there's, there's, there's a family grieving, you know, and it, it just sucks. Yeah. You know, so a heavy heart to those people. Um I was going to make a joke about, uh, not about this, about the close call and then leading in to one of our very first uh, natural ads <laughs> for manscaping, but it's, we're past that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, man, it, it really sucks. You know, my heart goes out to those people, you know, um, in this shitty time that we're living in to, to have that taken away that way. It's just, it's not fair, you know. No, and obviously time is already hard, like we said, with COVID-19 right now, and this just makes it harder. So once again, our thoughts and prayers go out to the families affected and the community out there in Nova Scotia. Anyway, um, that's going to end things for today. As always, we thank you for stopping by, and we will be back here next week providing more Habs content. See you guys. Absolutely. You guys have a great week.